Learn to code, build apps, inspire the next generation. Welcome to the Swift App School podcast, where we are empowering the next generation of app developers. I'm Charles Long, co-founder of Swift App School. And I'm Bob Williams, co-founder of Swift App School. Greetings, Bob. How are you doing today? Doing well. You mean tonight? <laughs> yes, tonight. <laughs> this is a late recording here. Yes. And it's very cold. It's a bitter, what, 30 degrees cold in Nashville? Cold and wet. Yeah, cold and wet weather here. But um, yeah, we've had, a, we've had an unusually warm fall, so it's been nice, nice that it's been warm as long as it's been. But now, yeah, it's like suddenly winter. <laughs> so... Well, it's been a little while since we've had a podcast episode. We've actually reached our one-year anniversary of the Swift App School podcast. So congratulations. Yay. All right. One so, year. We made it. We made it one year. Yes. So I yeah. was trying to figure out whether or not we would actually switch over and say this is season two, but I think we'll just keep going with season one until we feel like it's a good breaking point. So yes, today we're going to discuss our first impressions from Apple's latest releases, such as the iPhone 14, the iPads that were released Mac OS Ventura, Apple Watch Ultra, and AirPods Pro. We're also going to discuss Apple's design chief, who is leaving. We're also going to talk about whether Apple will remove Hey from their keyword to wake Siri. And then we're going to finalize with something cool as usual. So first up, the iPhone 14 Pro. So as usual, I got the new iPhone and I have a few thoughts after using it and uh, figured I would bounce some of these off of you and get your perspective, what you think about it. So I've had my iPhone 14 Pro now since mid-September when it was released. And a few of the things I'd like to point out, the custom lock screens, they're pretty cool. And this is not a specific thing to the iPhone 14, but I, I wanted to talk about it because it was announced at the same time since iOS 16 came out. And I just wanted to talk about how that plays into the dynamic island and things like that. For the custom lock screen, I have some thoughts about it. I think it's cool because Android phones have had this for a few years where you can customize the lock screen to your liking. So you can change like, all right, I want to have the time be a different font. I want to have a photo in the background. The always on display is the new feature on the iPhone 14, which is why I want to talk about the custom lock screen. I kind of felt like when they announced this back at WWDC, this was sort of the hint that they were going to bring in the always on display because why are they spending so much time talking about that? If you can't see the screen, you know, if it's always going dark, then you wouldn't really know. It wouldn't make any sense. So it's pretty obvious what was going on there. Yeah. You know, I like the customization, but my only gripe about it is I seem to be accidentally pushing buttons on screen now. Because when you press and hold on the lock screen, it, it, it switches over into customization mode. Have you noticed this? I mean, I ha actually, there's been a couple of times where, yeah, I like get the phone out of my pocket and I'm like, wait a minute, it's already in something, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of like, I didn't mean to hit that or open that app or whatever. Like it's on camera or something. And I've had that happen a couple of times. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, something's going on where it's turning on a few times when I don't really want to turn, you know, I don't want to click something. So those buttons, I wish, I mean, I guess there's a way to take those buttons off. Like I just have it on default. Like I think it's got like the cloudy and 
it tells me the weather and it tells me the timer and something else of well, yeah my sleep schedule is coming on now but you know i think a couple of times maybe i've hit the timer or i've hit the weather oh, like the widget yeah, I think that's I on the, the screen and it's just yeah yeah the widget yeah and it's like uh, instead of opening my phone it's like yeah. it's on weather or something <laughs> you know i think it's a, i think it's cool um, because you know i can look down and see time at all times on my phone i know with the yeah. 14 pro having the always on display yeah but I've also heard people say that the battery yeah. usage is not as strong as it would be on like the 13. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I don't really yeah. notice that much of a difference. If it is, it's like, you know, 10% difference. And I'm, I'm, I'm typically on a wireless charger somewhere, whether it's my, at my office or mm-hmm. at home in my home office, I've got a wireless charger here. So I stay close to power pretty often, but I like it. But it is kind of weird to look down and your phone is quote unquote visibly on. It's something you got to get used yeah. to. You have to kind of make a mental adjustment because at first I was thinking that my phone was still on. But other than that, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's okay. It isn't, it isn't like, oh, I had to get an iPhone 14 Pro because they have always on display. It wasn't something you run out yeah. and purchase a new phone for. <laughs> yeah. So do you use sleep mode? and focus and all those i should i mean i because i started using sleep mainly i don't really use you know do not disturb when i need it but i've got a sleep schedule now so sometimes like when i wake up and my i put my watch on but it's still in sleep mode and then i just have to like oh yeah i have to press the button in order to like wake it up and sometimes it takes a little while to like get it out of sleep mode (laughs) maybe it's because i'm still asleep kind of but yeah, I wish that was a little more, like, a little quicker hmm. to, like, Well, I sleep with my watch on, sleep. so. Well, see, I don't, but then when I put it on, it's still in sleep mode. So instead of, like, I guess what I should do is, like, turn it off with my phone first. But the first thing I do is go to my watch, and then it, they should just be, like, you know, I think, yeah, you press and hold, and it's supposed to turn it off, but it never does. Sometimes it doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't do it automatically. I feel like I have to tell it three times to turn off. Uh, I want to talk about the dynamic island. I love it. I really do. Okay. I think it's so ingenious that they created this multitasking pill-shaped design. And obviously they didn't invent the pill-shaped design. Android has had that on other phones that have like a little cutout where they want to hide the cameras and they want to hide other sensors in the front of the phone. But I really like this because you just forget what it's really for. And you use it when you're doing navigation or if you're listening to music, anything that has audio, like your your music player, if you just flick it up and go back to the home screen, it, it animates to the dynamic island up top. And at any point you can touch and hold it and it'll pop up the little widget that you typically would see on the home screen. It'll pop that same one up under the dynamic island, which yeah. just expands it down. And it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like there was nice. no reprogramming for people to take advantage of this. Developers that had a widget already, it just uses that same widget. And it, now, did they add a gesture to that recently? I thought I read something that said there's a new gesture that just got up with a new update. Mm. Only I'm not for sure. I have to check it out, but not exactly yeah. sure. That was literally mm. yesterday. I think I read that. But yeah, the new pill designed for the cameras and proximity sensor, which is behind the screen. I just think it's really innovative what they've done and the fact that it morphs and expands 
with those animation effects. I think that's just really cool. So I, I've been calling it a little notification hub. Yeah. I really like it. It's, again, another feature that's not necessary for you to run out and get rid of your iPhone 13 or whatever, but just another quality of life improvement yeah. that's uh, hopefully going to make its way down to all the other devices that have a camera on the front. Yeah, I, I remember when just watching the videos of the Dynamic Island when it was announced in, at WWDC. And, I mean, that's just like you mean, a cool, You mean really at the cool uh, phone feature. keynote? Um, yeah, because uh, no one knew about was it, it until the phone, uh, keynote? Until the phone I came they, out. I thought they announced it. I guess I'm getting my, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> my uh, announcements confused. <laughs> I don't know. I can't keep track of all the Apple announcements. There are too many of them now. But uh, <laughs> Well, I heard they forfeited this recent one. Or I mean, you never know. People just talk. But I heard that there was, there was rumors there was going to be one in November, and they pushed it to 2023. That might just be people were wishful thinking that they were going to yeah. release like the Mac Pro. Because remember... Their promise was, or at least what they stated two years ago, was that a two-year transition out of Intel chips over to Apple's own M1 chip or M series chips. Well, the Mac Pro hasn't seen an update yet. It's still running the Intel chip. It's the only computer left. So people were thinking there was going to yeah. be a November keynote that showcased, you know, the M2 with four of them in the machine or whatever. But apparently there's nothing coming the rest of this year unless they just spring one on us in the next week or so. Well, hopefully they're like focused on, you know, glasses or something uh, that they've been talking about for so many years now. Well, like I, I'm ready to kind of see. I know this is for another something. day, but I will say that Apple is probably <laughs> strategically holding off the glasses because Facebook is their biggest competitor. And yeah. It's like, it's yep. really hard for people to dive into that unless Apple gets involved. You know how that works with Apple. They just have that such amazing footprint yeah. that if Apple doesn't get involved, every other company will just suffer until Apple does. <laughs> it's that weird thing. Like nobody's <laughs> yeah, really yeah. buying into right. VR and AR the way that <laughs> yeah. we think they will. Like I mean, a lot of people yeah. are buying it. It's flying off the shelf. But. For it to go mainstream, Apple has to get involved. We know that. So I think the longer they hold off on those sort of things, yeah, it, it actually hurts the competition. So it's coming soon. And when it does, we'll have a much deeper conversation about uh, the glasses because that's a loaded one. <laughs> yeah. I have not really tested the 48 megapixel Pro Raw feature. I should, but I have not. But I've heard a lot of people talk about it and the results are in. It's really good. They've been comparing it to other phones, mm -hmm. and from what I understand from YouTubers and other people, it's one of those things where they say it's about time, Apple. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's all I really say about the 48 megapixel for raw. But I do like the action mode, and I tried this. I don't know if I should send you the video, but I was running in my house. <laughs> I was running around from room mm -hmm. to room chasing my daughter with the action mode on just to test it. And yeah, it's really good. Mm -hmm. I was really surprised at how well the uh, stabilization mm -hmm. worked. So running around action mode basically crops your image in. I think that's how it works. So like you don't get your full okay. Okay. frame. Uh, for people that know what stabilization is, this is nothing new, yeah. but people that don't, basically you've got all this footage that you can record from maybe, you know, five feet on one side, five feet on the other side, you know, and you've got all this headroom. Well, with stabilization, all it does is crop it in so that when it's bouncing, it doesn't, the, the AI basically just reassembles the video so that you don't see the bouncing. 
uses the stabilization yeah. cameras to help out with that. But so it's pretty cool. It crops it. So, but I mean, if you were if you were wanting to get the full image, you'd still right. need to use. A I think Apple's way of doing right? this because the sensors are so small. It just I don't, I don't think you can get the full yeah. frame. I mean, I think even professional cameras do this to have internal stabilization. But if you have a gimbal that has stabilization on it, you don't yeah. have to worry about that. It's great for TikTok yeah. videos. Not so great for... Um, yeah, I mean, if they pictures. had an 8K <laughs> yeah. camera, then you wouldn't care about how much it cropped it because you got so much to play yeah. with. But, I mean, you know, it's 4K. And if right. you're doing 1080, right. 1080p videos, then, hey, probably be fine. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, crash detection. I haven't tested this yet. Have you? <laughs> uh no but see I, first of all i don't have the iphone 14 pro <laughs> second of all you don't want to get into a wreck to figure it out uh second of all i don't want to get in the wreck to find out but i will to say i had a very close call recently <laughs> and yeah uh we'll just say you know it's one of those you know you're on a two-lane road and you've got this big tractor trailer truck with a line of cars following this truck and this car, who's fifth oh, in line, uh, decides to go around, and I'm going toward it. So I like, you know, floor my brakes, and he barely got by before I had to go down a huge slope and probably would have flipped a few times. So I probably it was it was like probably wow. one of the closest calls I've had. Well, that's not what you want to test crash detection. So definitely don't want to. Yeah, don't want to test that on. The <laughs> Thankfully, there are people on YouTube who have tested it, okay. and it works. Uh, there was a YouTuber who um, strapped the phone in the car and they basically rigged up a way to, to accelerate the gas pedal in the car with no one in it and ram it into other vehicles on like a junkyard yeah. or like an open field with uh, junk cars around or whatever just to test it out. And it does work. Unfortunately, this works too well. So I'm hearing now that there are reports uh. at amusement parks on roller coasters that uh. police are getting calls. Because you're accelerating <laughs> at extremely fast speed. Well, and if it drops out of their pocket. <laughs> well, no, it's literally when the when the roller coasters are hitting those G forces and, and they're slamming on brakes really fast, and the and the iPhone's like, oh, uh, okay. too many G forces stopped it. it instantly. Must be a wreck. Yeah. I hear noise and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so people, uh, so the police oh, are getting wow. calls uh, <laughs> at the theme park, so they're getting annoyed oh, by gosh. this feature. But that's funny. You know, Apple is. I feel like this is an easy software fix. Even my daughter said, "Can't they yeah. just have a feature where you can turn on roller coaster mode and it just stays on until you know whatever?" I said, "Yeah, that's probably the only thing they'll be able to yeah. do." That's probably all they could do. Yeah, because people will forget to turn it on. It's kind of like in the movie theaters. You know, people don't turn turn that on their watch. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's what I have heard about the crash detection. I don't want to ever test that feature myself. I'm glad it's there in case I need it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to know it's there. And like I said before, it's going to be in all the Apple movies. You know, all those action movies that they produce mm -hmm. on Apple TV, you'll probably see it and featured in some of those films. It's just talking about Apple TV. Like, I mean, it's good to see that Apple's winning awards. Just They've done some really great original programming, and I think it's cool that they're in that space now. I mean, they're competing with Netflix and Hulu and all those other channels, but I think their programming is really good from what i've seen I well the seen only thing i've ever seen on there is planet of the apps and i'm disappointed it, it, it got canceled after one season <laughs> no, that was one of the bad ones <laughs> well they yeah, had one fan they had the all. wrong people on that one <laughs> all right so the ipad 
I have this broken up into a couple of sections here. I want to talk about the new standard iPad that they released. They also released an iPad Pro, but I feel this will be the new standard iPad that they will use going forward. So there's the good, there's the bad, and there's the ugly. Let's talk about the good. The good is it's got a larger screen. So they've moved up from, I think it was a 9.7. Maybe that's still the size for the standard iPad, but the new one is 10.9 inch. So it's a much bigger screen, liquid retina, four vibrant colors, A14 Bionic chip. Yep. Every year we expect to hear a new series next year to be, you know, A15 or whatever. But right now they're A14 Bionic chip, which is faster than a previous standard iPad, much faster. It has Wi-Fi 6. For people that don't know, Wi-Fi 5 has been around for quite a long time. Wi-Fi 6 can get you up to like gigabit speeds. So super fast. That's great. Nice. In places that have gigabit internet at their house, those that have it available, that's, that's awesome. You can get mm-hmm. full speed. It has USB-C. I think this is going to be a common occurrence on all their devices. Even mm-hmm. the iPhone, I think, is going to eventually get it. As we've yep. heard, side tangent from the EU, that they are forcing Apple to use USB-C in the future, not provide or not uh, mm-hmm. have their own proprietary connector. So I think this is a thing that more of their devices are getting USB-C. That's, that's good. I like that. They need to bring the chargers back for a little while. You know how they... For a while, they were saying, "Oh, we don't. We're not gonna put the charger in the box anymore." Um, but if they're if everything's going to USB C, then they need to bring the plug back. And you at think least so? Give you one charger for a while. I think so. <laughs> I, I mean, I know they won't, but I think they should because right now everybody has the old charger, and yeah, they've got a million of right. those other of those small ones. Those are all USB and. I myself only have two because I have the iPad mini and I have two that have the USB-C in my house, maybe three. Cause if I count my wife's, but the iPad actually has USB-C chargers in the box, but the phones, it's just the phones don't. Yeah. The phones don't. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think the phones should. No, they're probably long. going wireless. I, I think Apple's going <laughs> to say, we, know Apple. we hear you, yeah. EU. We hear that you want us to do USB-C. How about we just remove all the ports? <laughs> that's, that's my prediction. I mean, they might not. They might do USB-C. But, uh, I mean, I mean, they'll have the USB-C oh, for a okay. couple of years yeah, they, they before probably. they go wireless, I think. Yeah, that's, that's what that's I possible. think. But I might be wrong. They also, on this new iPad, support the new Magic Keyboard Folio. Now... <laughs> I try to defend Apple when they do this, and I think for the most part they are honest about this. A lot of people blame Apple for making a new piece of hardware that doesn't work with anything else. Maybe this is a case of doing so. I will say this. This iPad is a different size than the other iPad, so you can't use the same Magic Folio keyboard cover or whatever. So they, the standard iPad never supported this before. Now it does, so that's good. It's a different case than the iPad Pros use. Again, those are larger iPads. So, okay, we'll, we'll give them a pass. They have a keyboard that magnetically connect to it and it just charges the keyboard. That's basically what this is. That's a good thing. It also hmm. has improved cameras, which has been repositioned best for iPad in a horizontal layout. So normally the camera's at the top of the iPad standing vertical. 
but if you have a keyboard on it, then it's off to the left, which doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. So they moved it to the, the right side of the iPad. So when it's sitting in landscape, you actually looking straight at the iPad, which I think that's a good thing. Hmm. But yeah, <laughs> here's where bad starts to come in. Why didn't the iPad Pro get a landscape camera option? Okay, Apple, you're not going to do it, hmm. but you chose to do it on your standard iPad, not on your iPad Pro. So people are kind of complaining about that. So the, one of the other things is this 10.9 inch is more expensive than the previous model. So the previous model was 329. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, I so the new iPad is 449. So 449 this is your for the new, new standard one? iPad. Unless they're going to keep this older one around, 449. Nah, so ridiculous. here's the problem with that: the price puts it in competition with their iPad Mini and the iPad Air. So yeah, I don't know. Like I don't think they should have. I know it's a better piece of hardware, but maybe 399. Why did they make it 449? Because it's just making it a little more confusing to figure out which iPad you're supposed to buy. Unless they're going to keep the old one for a while. I don't know. Yeah, like 329 is a great entry point for an iPad. I mean, maybe they're keeping the 329 for education. Or is the four, is that the education price? Because, you know, they keep saying, oh, yeah, we have the education price at this. Well, they usually only knock off $50 at the most $50, for education. $50, yeah. So maybe the education I'm price will be three ninety nine. I have to find out, but that's maybe. still that's still pretty yeah. expensive. That is, yeah. They're just using inflation as their reasoning, like everybody else. Oh well, you know, inflation. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's you know, in my out. mind, it's kind of a bad mark. And because the cameras were yeah. repositioned, like I mentioned before, it cannot support charging the Apple Pencil two on the top like the iPad Pro, because when you put that camera on the landscape uh -oh. side you know your pencil on the iPad Pro magnetically connects to the top. So whatever the magnets or whatever can't sit in yeah. that position anymore. So Apple just decided mm. not to support the Apple Pencil 2. Oh, yeah, and when I heard that, I was yeah. like, wait, what? Which leads me into the ugly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The original Apple Pencil is not USB-C. You see where this is going? Yeah. It's not USB-C, uh -huh. so you'll need an adapter to charge it. <laughs> so the new iPad, it costs more money <laughs> and has its own magic keyboard and the pretty colors and all that. Cannot support the newest Apple Pencil 2 magnetically charged. It has to use the old Apple Pencil, which sticks in the bottom. But you can't stick it in the bottom of this iPad. You have to buy a $10 adapter. Who is this team? <laughs> Steve Jobs would have fired this team. Come on, Apple. <laughs> this is this is why I call it the ugly. <laughs> and I haven't researched ugly. whether Apple provides an adapter in the box with it, but if they don't, that's really, really bad. Because you're basically <laughs> saying, oh, if you buy an Apple Pencil for this, mm. you can't charge it unless you buy this adapter. So they really need to provide it in the box, but mm. I'm going to look it up in a little bit. But I don't think that it comes in the box. I could be wrong. Hopefully it is. Then I can just say it looks ugly, but they at least gave you the adapter. Besides all of this, plugging in the Apple Pencil into the new iPad looks goofier than ever because it's an adapter. And, and I think somebody showed a picture. Yeah, I think you that's... have to have an adapter and a little cable. Wow. Well, now I really like my iPad mini because, you know, it's <laughs> the pencil's in the right place. 
It supports Pencil 2. Like, it has all the features that the new one doesn't. <laughs> so, And it also has center stage, which we'll talk about later. So all is not lost with the iPad. The iPad Pro saves the day. The new iPad has an M2 processor, just like their latest MacBook Airs. And that basically just means they're getting closer and closer to making the iPad and the Mac be able to run productivity software with no problem. They actually showcased the iPad with the M2 running DaVinci Resolve, the video editing software. Yeah, which is a huge step. Wow. I thought it was big because, you know, Apple didn't even promote Final Cut. They promoted a different video (laughs) editor, which is weird. But they showcased (laughs) a very solid video editor that people love and enjoy running on an iPad. So that's, that's great for the M2. Yeah. Now I have a 2018 iPad and it's very powerful. And I've talked about this before that they are going to start withholding features because I don't have an M series processor in mind. Well, they did it. They did not have stage manager, the new feature that lets you multitask, pushing things off to the side, you know, We'll talk about that in a minute, but that feature, Uh, yeah, it it was not on my iPad. They announced that they were not going to support it. And I was like, really, Apple? Like, the A12X Uh, is a serious chip. Why why are you saying it can't support Stage Manager? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, okay, now I'm I'm really trying to support you, Apple. I'm really trying to defend you. But I'm like, come on now. I just bought this (laughs) iPad. Like in 2019, yeah, or 20, yeah, 2019. It was a 2018 series. It has nothing to do with technology right. support. Right, I'm lacking everything to do with this. sales. Well, Apple backpedal, and now they're <laughs> saying they're going to support the 2018 iPad with Stage Manager. Now they're saying it was just like some software they needed to get right or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, it took a, <laughs> took a little bit of criticism, and then oh, I guess we should change this. <laughs> And so there's an article now, I'm not going to read it, but there's an article on LifeWire that talks about my iPad being the most popular and most reasonable solution for people yeah. if you can get one because it's from 2018, it costs less money, but it can run the latest operating system, iPad OS 16, with the stage manager cool. feature. So pretty excited about that. But that kind of leads us into macOS Ventura, but wraps up the iPhone and iPad discussion. Continuity camera to me is... Well, it was, this was released in October, and I've already used that some uh, on Zoom calls. I'm not using it now because I'm lazy, but uh, <laughs> nobody can see me anyway. But yeah, I mean, it's to me, what I really want now is just to buy one of those little stand you can get for continuity camera. I haven't bought, have you, have you bought one yet? Um, no, I'm just utilizing my uh, phone holder that's okay. on my ring. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Light. But. And it, it keeps it, because I have a tall yeah. one, so it keeps it right in the it'd right be, position. It'd be nice, though, like, because I have a 13-inch, you know, uh, M1. And so if I'm on the go or something and I don't have my ring light, which happens a lot, and I want to use it quickly, I would like to have that little holder, which, what is it, 30 bucks? I mean, how much is it? Or is it, if it's 100 I don't think it's, I think it's pretty cheap. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's $100, I probably won't buy it. But if it's 30 something, no, I'll probably No, it's, uh, Belkin yeah, sells yeah, it. It's, it's on Apple's website. Yeah, 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 I was trying to remember. Yeah, it was Belkin. But yeah, I mean, I think that, and then I'm using Stage Manager. I started using it, like, as soon as it came out, I turned it on. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is what I've needed. I don't have to see all these items, all these folders on my desktop. And, you know, and it was great. But then... I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Stage Manager now because there are times when I have to turn it back on uh, or, you know, I don't like 
going over to the left and drag. I finally figured, I think you told me, you're like, oh yeah, you can drag. I didn't think that was intuitive that you could drag it over. Like if you want to open two windows at the same time, it's not intuitive to go over there and drag it over. But I've done that a few times, but I still don't really, I wish I could just like tap something and have it pop over instead of having to drag it. Cause it, it's just not, not a great experience um, for me. And, but there are times when, yeah, I just want to clean, I want to clean my desktop and I really just only need to look at two windows or just, you know, want, focus on one. And then that's when I need to turn it on. But yeah, it's not, I'm just, I'm struggling with, with multitasking and using stage manager. Cause you know, especially if I'm on a, if I'm on a small screen, like there are times when it's great. And then there are times when I'm like, no, I, I really need a couple windows open. I just need to go from. I agree with you. I have a love hate relationship with it. And I don't know, like you said, sometimes it's awesome. And for people who don't know what stage manager is in Ventura, the latest operating system update, you can have a window open and you can add another window and it'll just slide the, the existing window you had before over to the left in a little tiny preview. So it's kind of cool because you can keep opening apps and they keep sliding over to the left and it looks cool. And then you can just kind of click on one of the ones that are the thumbnails over on the left side of the screen and it brings, it presents them forward in animated fashion. But I really feel like Apple needs to improve their window management. You know, ironically, Microsoft calls their operating system windows. And I will always joke that windows does a better job of window management than Apple does. <laughs> but I do like Apple's expose where you can push a gesture on your mouse and see all of your open windows and switch between them. I like that. And swiping between desktops is cool, but this is yeah. weird because I can't get it to full screen or split my two open windows on my 27 inch screen the way I want. I feel like I'm fighting with stage manager to get it right. So yes, you can drag those little thumbnails out and make them yeah. bigger on the screen. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's cool, but sometimes I'm like, as soon as you click on another window, you know, then it's like you're back and no, yeah, I, don't I feel like I'm that. fighting it the whole I want time, both of them open. wanting to love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a base hit, but it's not a home run. You know, it's like, there's some good features to it, but I feel like they could have made it better. I don't know. It's just it's just not quite not quite there. I think they're still it's almost like it's still in beta. I think it works the way they it want it. It feels like to, it's still but in beta. It's me. I'm struggling with the flow of yeah. how it works. And the other thing that makes it more complicated is I have a window management mm -hmm. plugin that I downloaded. It's free called Rectangle. It's amazing. You should get it if you don't have it. But it lets you snap windows the way uh, Windows does like Microsoft Windows does, so I can grab it. Yeah, yeah. I can grab it and put Somebody it on the left side, snaps that. everything yeah. to the left. I can grab a Windows, put it on the right, and touch the right side of the screen, snaps nice. it to the right. I've got keystrokes that let me like yeah. make a window three-quarter size and the other one quarter size, and I can move stuff around just by touching keyboard shortcuts. But I'm now it's like cool. with Stage Manager, it's confused. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I may end up turning it back off and just yeah. using Rectangle. I mean, I've already, like, I have it off now. I mean, it kind of tells you something when you turn it on or turn it off. Like, if it were the be-all, end-all, they would have just made it by default on. They realize, yeah, this is kind of good, but it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's possible people will yeah. revolt. So right now, I think it's great that they allow you to turn it on if you yeah. want to. Um, that is not the default, and they just let you keep your standard yeah. expose and mission control. I guess that's what they call it now, where you... 
where it manages all your open windows and your different desk, your many desktops. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on that. What do you think about system preferences going away? Now you've got to use system settings, which is kind of like your iPhone and iPad settings, but it's like they tried to mix the two together and call it system settings. Have you played with that yet? Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I play with it. I I play with it, and there were. I feel like there are a couple of things that are missing, that were in preferences, and sometimes I I can't remember what it was, but there was something that I was trying to find. I'm like, this isn't even on here, and it really <laughs> kind of made me mad. <laughs> like, what did they do with it? You know. But now I'm just blanking on what it was. But it was something where it just should have been front and center and was on system preferences, and all of a sudden now it's like impossible well to it's find. like they're forcing you to use um, your search button like on the ipad because yeah. think about the iphone ipad i really yeah. don't know where half the things are i just search i know where settings is and i know i know where yeah. general is and yeah. i know where settings is the rest of it i typically just pull down yeah. and inside of settings and type in the little search box at the top of the settings and find it i really don't know and now i feel like mm-hmm. after all these years of knowing where everything was for the most part in system preferences now i'm having to relearn in Ventura. For the first time, I did not upgrade my operating system before the release date. I literally did it after because I didn't oh, yeah. know what I'd think about stage manager. Yeah, I didn't did think I would really like the uh, yeah. system preferences going away. So I was curious to know what your thoughts were about yeah. that. But I've heard some people uh, downgrading back to Monterey. <laughs> really? Prominent Mac people. Really? So... I think in time we'll get used to it, but change is hard. And this is a significant change for the Mac. Yeah. I think I remember now it was something in, um, it was either in screen time when I was trying to find like my family's like screen time habits or whatever, or it might've been in like the family sharing section because I'm trying to, (laughs) I've been a Mac user a long time. And so I have this shared account with my wife. And so we're like both on the same shared account. So I'm trying to separate myself from that account. And then every, anyway, it's just, it's gotten more complicated because yeah, when you have one Mac address and you're trying to keep like, I still want to be the organizer, but I don't want to be like, I want Mm. to have a separate account so that I'm have some separation. Yeah. So that's been difficult. And I feel like Apple basically, I don't know if it was because Steve Jobs was not around anymore or what, but I feel like all the like loyal Apple people that have been around forever and have, still have a Mac address, <laughs> you know, if they were sharing an account, it's like, well, oh, the you're hard on your part own, is the figure apps. it out. If you are sharing an account, like yeah. what happens when you want to separate those and who gets the apps? I don't know how that works. Yeah. Well, before they do it, they wouldn't let you as a family have five, you know, the whole family had five different people couldn't share the apps it's like you would have to buy a separate app that's why i had the shared account but then when they you know when they went over to oh now five people can have it they didn't really tell you okay here's how to change that if you had a shared account i guess if you they keep just your family assume, account it doesn't yeah. matter because you can get a separate account but you'll still be on the family so you can yeah, still use all the app true yeah, I can still use it. It's just, you know, little things that I have to remember, like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to have control of that. And so I've been back and forth, but I think I'm finally just going to be the one that I'll let my wife be the organizer. <laughs> so it, it doesn't, as long as I have full control, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, as far as Ventura, other things, um, 
I don't know. I, I think system preferences looks good. People like my dad probably will have an easier time, you know, finding their way. But for us, you know, we want to go deeper. And I feel like they've hidden some things that, you know, for for the hardcore users. that Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Hidden. I think that they try to simplify the interface a lot more. People coming from an iPhone or iPad feel like a consistent carryover is happening. I knew this was yeah. going to happen at some point because I said, with all the consolidation they're doing and unifying the, the interfaces, I noticed that system preferences doesn't really fit in with the settings word. So I wondered when it would happen. And now I'm griping about it. Mm-hmm. Not has happened. I'm not liking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is we've been back users for so long. It, you're never going to make us happy when you make major changes like this. <laughs> We're the old curmudgeons now. That's right. That's right. So the Apple Watch Ultra... I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I think what's surprising is how many people have purchased it just to check it out. And then they realize this is the best Apple Watch ever created. And they're not really using it just for rugged activity and deep dive swimming. Like some of them are doing that on YouTube, but a lot of people are just buying it saying, I really love the size. I love how it lasts for 36 or more hours. And it's just indestructible. And it has a lot of great features that might be nice at some point, but I've heard a lot of people just say, I think this is the best Apple watch they've ever created. And I hate when people huh. do that, that are real world testers, because then I'm like, yeah, you know, my Apple watch is a couple of years old now. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, no, I'm not buying another Apple watch. I don't yeah. need another one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm impressed with it. Just the specs and everything, but, it seems, I mean, I haven't put one on, but it seems really heavy. It seems like it, it just like, it's kind of clunky. I'm not sure I would want to wear it that often. Like, I, I, I guess if I'm a hardcore hiker or more, not really hiker, but a hardcore, um, you know, climber or something, I could see maybe wanting that. But then, you know, climbers don't really want to well, be weighted down I mean, either. So they wear <laughs> You know, well, they wear garments. I mean, it just seems they wear the like Garmin watch. it seems like, so. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And same with the bikers. It just seems kind of, I don't know, bulky to me. But I haven't, like I said, I haven't put it on. I probably will fall in love with it when I see it. I'm trying to avoid it because I don't want to pay for it. But I mean, I I think it's great that they're competing with Garmin and that they have an Apple Watch now that that does pretty much everything Garmin does. It's not something I think I'll get. Speaking of the uh, AirPod Pro, what are you, you still feeling that pull to get some? (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) I mean, there's part of me that's like, you don't need the AirPod Pro. You just need to keep wearing those little beats that you have and, you know, they're fine. And, but then there's part of me that's like, well, you know, it would be nice when I'm out walking if I could hear traffic, <laughs> yeah, and I don't have to take off one of my, uh, one, you know, have one ear free. So yeah, it's, I think I'll probably get them eventually. Although you can't really run with them. Can you? Like if I'm on a, if I'm on a, on a treadmill in the future, should I? No, people wear them on, on you know, I to work them? out and stuff. They're not as stable. Okay. I don't think they're they as stable as you know the ones that wrap around the ear like the Beats, but but they do have different yeah, sizes. Especially this one has different sizes uh, of the little uh, yeah. what do you call those okay. ear 
Yeah. The little inserts for your ear. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you call those things. They have these little, yeah, they have, I'll call them ear inserts. Watch, I'll go and look it up. The ear inserts. But anyway, anyway, they have those that you can refill. You can change the sizes out and put different ones. So they have a better fit in your ear. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. light exercise with them on and my ears seem, they fit in my ears pretty well, but okay. I don't know if you, if you're doing some major aerobics, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how well it works with that. I've seen people do it, but I think it's all about your ear shape. Well, I'll probably get them. Like I said, in I think a previous podcast, my mother-in-law now has them. So it's like, you know, <laughs> she has them. I have to get them. Come on. I'm the Apple guy. She calls me for Apple advice. I mean, I've got to have the Yeah, tell your wife that. That's the reason why I'm getting them, just to make sure I can support her questions. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so Apple in the news. um, There was big news this week. Uh, Evans Hankey, head of industrial design, she replaced Johnny Ive. And... She worked under Johnny Ive for a long time, so she took over three years ago. And you know, I, I think I haven't really read a lot of articles about her work, but I'm I'm guessing you know if she worked under Johnny Ive, then she probably was involved in a lot of what we've seen over the last ten years, all the innovations that have come through Apple on on the hardware side. So. You know, I think it's it's a big loss, and it's just going to be interesting to see who they replace her with. Um, If they're, I mean, right now, just there's a couple of names this article mentions. Alan Dye was one who was part of the vice president of human interface design. He may be replacing her, but they're not really sure. And they've had a couple other people who have filled in from time to time. Somebody just returned from airbnb so gary butcher so he's returning to apple so maybe it's going to be gary butcher i don't know but it'll be interesting because you know i feel like johnny ive leaving was still a big big deal for apple and you know there have been a lot of knocks on apple recently just with okay you're not innovating the way you used to innovate and when you start losing people like Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive, it's like, okay, let's let's see the innovation. We need we need right. to bring that back. <laughs> um, not not that they aren't, but it just seems like the last few years, I mean, there've been updates, and it's like, okay, great, we have a better laptop. Well, it's still a laptop, you know. I mean, it's an M1 chip, great, but it still, you know, looks very similar to other laptops. Uh, iPad looks very similar to other iPads. Still got the iPhone. Okay, what's next? Like, what's the next big innovation? Um, there really hasn't been one in quite a while. So, well, the thing is interesting about this is that they had a lot of hiccups from 2016 to 2019. That whole design era. I don't know who's responsible yeah. for that, but you know, they took away the MagSafe charger. They had USB-C only, which yeah, I don't fault that, that, but there was a few design decisions that were not ideal, like trying to force Intel to make better chips. And in doing so, they made it much thinner, which the which basically uh, hurt the thermals and machines weren't running as cool as they should have been. And um, 
there was just a lot of things that they were doing wrong. And, and we talked about it in a few episodes where they kind of came back to earth and listened to us diehard Apple folks that were complaining. And they went back and basically just said, forget anything ever happened between 2016 to 2019. We're back. We're more innovative than ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Max, the MagSafe, that was probably one of the worst decisions they've made like getting rid of it um if you ask me yeah because yeah getting rid of it it's like i mean i've got a laptop that doesn't have it now i mean the 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 first m1 and it still annoys me well we talked about this the 14 inch (laughs) macbook pro yeah is probably the best purchase a person could get if they're looking at a pro machine because it has the magsafe and has the USB-C four of them on the machine it also has the better camera Mm -hmm. and has the better speakers and has the less bezel. I mean, it's so many things they fixed and went back to square one. But again, like you said, that's not really being innovative. That's just admitting a mistake in the most humble way possible. <laughs> maybe le- maybe I should say yeah. the least yeah. humble way possible. <laughs> and just giving us what we asked for. Like, I don't care how thick it is. I paid over two grand you know, in my world, I paid over three grand for mine. So I don't really care that it's thicker. Just let me have a yeah. very solid machine that can run with, you know, great thermals and have a lot of power and whatnot. But yeah. as far as the design, this looks like the MacBook Pro I had, like you said, in what, 2013? Yeah. Yeah. We both bought the 2013 yeah. MacBook Pro, I believe, the same day. Yeah. But, you know, they've got the cheese grater. So <laughs> the cheese know. grater Mac Pro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we've got no, it'll that. be interesting to see what happens with uh, their design going forward the other thing is this article that says apple will remove hey from the keyword used to wake siri i'm trying to be careful not to say those words together because <laughs> then it's going to set off everybody's phone so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not going to put those two of words course. together in this segment but there's mm-hmm. an article on gizmodo that talks about this and they are basically following suit with what Amazon and Google have done. So Google removed Hey from theirs. Amazon's hmm. Alexa yeah. removed it from that. Hmm. I hope I didn't just set off everybody's devices. But anyway, these keywords, Uh-oh. they're trying to make it a little bit easier. I'm not exactly sure what I feel about it. Like I literally yeah. got an Echo with a purchase of some product because I was really thinking of getting Apple speaker, but I ended up getting a free Echo. So I was trying it out. And because uh, yeah. because my daughter's name is so close to Alexa, I had to change the keyword to Echo. <laughs> so, oh, really? so uh, but I don't know what I feel about this because I, it's not often that I trip off the, the Siri keyword right now. But that's because I don't, yeah. because you have to say hey in front of it. So when they remove that, it's going to be easier yeah. for you to accidentally set it off. I don't know what I think about that. True. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't like the Siri button on my <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> I, need to, I need to disable that because I, I find myself accidentally hitting it when I'm typing sometimes. <laughs> like, well, now I just expect oops. to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not talking to you. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't That's mean to do that. That's going to happen more often now. So, yeah. Uh, if this article is true. Just get ready. <laughs> Maybe they'll have it where you can leave it or make it whatever keyword you want. I don't know if they'll make it where you can change it to whatever you want, but maybe they'll allow you to keep that uh, precursor on there so you don't have to. I'm not going to change it. 
all I know is I changed to Spotify instead of Apple Music. Sorry, Apple. And uh, just because my family is using Spotify, so I finally caved. Now that I've got that as the default music player, whenever I try to ask Siri to play music, it seems like it, it doesn't do as well as it did with Apple oh, yeah. Music. Yeah, I think that's intentional. So. <laughs> I mean, that's just wrong. Come on, <laughs> Apple. you got to fix that. <laughs> uh, they'll deny it, but Walled garden. Uh, it's true. It's not as good. That's right. Let's move on to something really cool. I just want to talk about center stage again because I pulled that up recently, not or not too long ago. I think I maybe mentioned it in the last podcast, but I used it on my iPad Mini because it works on iPad Mini. I'd forgot. I kind of accidentally started a FaceTime call on it with my dad, and you know, I just was really just trying out a new tripod that I had on, with a ring light. And trying it out with the iPad Mini, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh, this is the center stage thing that they advertise." I'd forgotten about that, and because I was just using, you know, continuity camera just to try that out, and yeah, it was really amazing that how well it follows you. It was, it was, it was really like someone was holding my iPad Mini and, you know, subtly just kind of moving back and forth as I moved. So it was really cool. I, I just thought that was, I was kind of like, wow, this is much better than advertised. It's one of those features that I think as it's available, cause right now it's only available on the iPad. So as it's available on the iPhone, I think it's going to get a lot of attention once it goes on. Yeah. I haven't used it yet. Um, I, I need girls? to break out my <laughs> iPad and give it a shot. I have not used it personally. I've mm-hmm. seen other people use it. And I think a lot of people enjoy the other feature that's really cool, which is if you have two people in frame, it backs away so it can see both people. And if one person moves to the left or right, it just expands back to see both. And if one person's talking, it focuses on that one person. So it is like you got a personal cameraman or whatever camera. You have a personal camera (laughs) operator. Yeah. Yeah. That's right there. Operator. Focusing on whoever's speaking. And that's yeah. really cool because I know I know why yeah. they're doing this. It's mainly for again, <laughs> solo YouTubers and videographers that are that don't yes. have someone to manage the camera for them or oh, operate yeah. the camera. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Swift App School Podcast. You can always find us online at SwiftAppSchool.com and we're also on social media at Swift App School on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Bye, y'all. Goodbye.